Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It is the Mike Broomhead Show. So much happening. Uh, We are expecting Governor Ducey at 1 o'clock to give an update. They will take that live here at KTAR. We will get an update. Recent numbers in Arizona. We now know there are 234 confirmed cases. Good news out of Italy, as you just heard in the news, that they are seeing a decrease in new cases. So it seems as if the worst is over in Italy, and they are on the recovering side of this. We are looking for the 15-day to slow the spread to see if we were able to do that ahead head of a huge spike in numbers, although we are seeing big increases. So that's the new numbers. We will get an update from the governor at 1. And at 2.30, the White House task force, the president, vice president, and the task force expected to give an update. That also live here on KTAR. So download the KTAR news app and do yourself a favor. Go to KTAR.com slash coronavirus for all the latest on the coronavirus. It is uh, really up to the minute information. And with the news app on your phone and your voice, your devices, you'll be notified when these updates are happening and with the latest things that are coming in. I had a great conversation with a nurse named Tina, and I've known Tina for over 20 years, and she's been a great friend, and her daughter is also in the healthcare industry. Uh, Tina's a brilliant woman. She's got her master's degree as a nurse. She teaches and uh, is really, really terrific at her job. She was working today. I didn't want to talk about what healthcare facility she's in, but she was at work again today and talked about... um, what they do, uh, it, the, I asked her how things had changed over the last couple of weeks with the, with the spread of COVID-19. She said it used to be that they didn't have to wear masks, but now things have gotten different. They were even saying we couldn't wear masks to um, screen patients and visitors coming into the ED last week. But this week, everybody on campus has to wear a mask at all times. Something that's different there. Also, I, we were talking about how different it is. Most of us are realizing that being confined, being quarantined is very difficult. If you're not working or you're someone that's working from home, kids are not in school. If you've got children, that poses its own set of challenges. And we realize you'd rather have your kids home than in danger. But what about people in the healthcare industry? Because people in the healthcare industry are not able to be with family members many times. As a matter of fact, they are sending the the young people and their families to live elsewhere. So um, I talked with Tina about what they do, how they prevent, because they're in, they're on the front lines of this. They are stepping into cases where they know there's a chance they're going to be exposed. We are told to stay away from people that each other just in case. They are the ones doing the testing and working with patients every single day. Here's what she said about that process. We have a protocol that we put in place. Um, We have robes in the garage. When we get home, we strip down. We put our robes on. We put our clothes in the washing machine. Um, You know, I leave my shoes that I wear around the hospital in my locker at work. Um, We change our shoes. We go straight to the shower. We shower, um, you know, and then somebody else is coming out with Clorox to, um, you know, like a weak Clorox solution to decontaminate the car. So wiping down our steering wheels and, you know, the shifter and all of that. I mean, we're just doing everything we can. And the reason why she's doing that, the advice that she gives everyone, and if you think about this, you're a healthcare professional, especially a nurse. They are in constant contact with patients. They are doing triage in the, well, they say ED, emergency department, ER, where they're doing triage. They are doing testing when needed, but they are treating symptoms. 
Not everybody. As a matter of fact, we're still seeing numbers of close to 90% of the people that are being tested. They're only testing people that are symptomatic, and even 90% of those are testing negative. Thank God that that number is still relatively high, that we're not seeing a higher percentage of positive tests. But you're dealing with people that are sick all the time. COVID-19 has a special set of circumstances, mostly mild symptoms for people, but in high-risk groups like children or people with depressed or suppressed immune systems or the elderly, this is a deadly virus. There's no cure. There is no uh, vaccine. So you take that into account when she goes home. She said now her and her husband, one of her daughters is living with them and her daughter has children. The children have been sent to live with other people just in case all of those things you just heard don't work. So you come home, you get in the go walk into the garage, strip down, put on a robe, go straight to the shower. Then the clothes you wore and the robe you just wore all go into the wash. You shower, you go outside, you make sure the car is sanitized, the steering wheel, the shifter, the seats. You make sure you didn't bring any of that home with you. Leave your shoes at work. And they are quarantined from the children. I mean, it's just an extra level. And these are the healthcare professionals that are doing this, which means all of us should be on some level doing something. So I asked Tina, what do we do? What should the average person do? And this was sound advice. What I've told everybody that asked me is um, you should be acting as if you're a carrier and that everybody else has it. So, you know, keep that distance. Be mindful. Wash your hands. Make sure other people are washing their hands. You know, cover your cough and all those sorts of things. Have the mindset that you're a carrier, so you don't want to cough on someone, breathe on somebody. You want to make sure you're not transmitting it, and you want to act as if everybody around you has it. That's the way to protect yourself. So, for those of you out there that aren't worried about getting it, like me, I'm in that category, I would say what would be better for me is to think is act as if I'm a carrier. In other words, I'm going to keep my distance so that I don't get you sick. If you are worried about getting it, act like everybody around you has it. If we all behaved like those two things, now we're behaving in a manner that falls within the guidelines of what people have been asking us to do. I'm anxious for the 15 days because I want to see exactly how this plays out. I want to see if the data that's being collected as we're seeing the climb and the spike that we were told is happening. I want to know if they are anticipating a slowing of the spread like they had hoped for if we do what we have been asked. That, to me, is what I'm hoping is going to happen at the end of these 15 days. In a moment, we talk about the new numbers in the state of Arizona specifically, but numbers nationally and how they internationally and how they've grown and how they've changed. The good and the bad and the ugly. All of that coming up in just a few moments. The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks again for being here. 
The numbers in Arizona now, we've got 234 is the number of cases that they are confirming in the state of Arizona. A big jump over just last week. We were told that this was what we should expect, that because of the expansion of testing and the expansion of laboratories that were verifying and doing the tests, it was first, it was just the CDC. So all testing was done on people that were symptomatic. And then the test results were sent out to the CDC. There was a backlog nationally, and it took a long time to get back a positive test. Then we started doing them locally. They were able to be done at the state labs. Then it was expanded to some private labs as well. We know that TGen and um, some of the other labs locally in Arizona were doing them. Sonora Quest, Quest Labs were able to do these tests. So we are getting results more quickly. There is a test that is hitting the market that allows them to get results in 45 minutes. What that will allow, of course, is they will then make sure that those people are quarantined and segregated faster. The protocol for treating symptoms isn't different than the flu, I've been told, for the most part, because there is no cure. But what it does is it segregates and it quarantines people so that the virus isn't spread. That's the need for better or faster testing, not better, faster. So that being said, we know that that's happening. We were told by everyone nationally and locally that we were going to see a spike in numbers last week and this week, that we were not to freak out that the spread was happening faster. No, we're getting results faster. So that is what we're looking at. More accurate numbers of people that have COVID-19. In perspective, with 235 cases here in Arizona, let's remember that that still is a lower count than some of the counties in New York. New York is dealing with this pandemic and an explosion of this pandemic And they're trying to deal with people there and they're trying to get people to self-quarantine. They have police that are actually breaking up activities and get togethers. So we know that that's happening as well. And more about the anger in a few moments. But for us here in Arizona, the concern of are we doing enough to stop the spread of the virus? I believe we were getting mixed messages. There has been for a while mixed messages about the severity of this. But I think most people understand now we're all in. Economically, we've gotten to a place where we are all in with this, that we have already invested everything we have. The stock market has crashed. Businesses are closed. We're trying to find ways to put small business loans out there so businesses can stay afloat, that once we get the all clear, or at least we, you don't have to quarantine. We're still going to talk about sanitizers. We're still going to talk about some social distancing or practices that will stop the spread of this. But we're not quarantined anymore. We're not asked to close bars and restaurants that some of these businesses will have the financial means to reactivate. So we're all in as a nation. We are all invested because now we've done this. If we go this far and we don't stop the spread of this virus, forget it. We understand that we have pushed all in. We better hope that we get the card we need for all you poker players out there, we get that car we need on the river because or we, we don't get the bad card on the river and our winning hand plays because we have gotten to a place financially where we've invested everything. And I don't necessarily think that's the wrong thing to do. Um, 
I'm not a big person of on, on mandates. I think that the government pushes too far and it's too easy to do. I don't like what the mayor did. I thought it was very funny and hypocritical of the city council in Phoenix. Just a side note briefly that the mayor of Phoenix enacted an emergency declaration. There are two different kinds of emergency declarations in the city that the mayor could have signed. One was a local emergency and the other is a great emergency. And I know that the great emergency gives her almost autonomy in what she can and what she can't do. The local emergency gives kind of autonomy autonomy to the city council. The city councilors were upset that she signed one that gave her autonomy. It took away their power and decision making. They were going to decide to do what she wanted. They agreed with her on the mandate to shut down businesses, but they wanted to have the power to do that. I find that immensely hypocritical, and I'll tell you why. You mandate a business must close. What about the business owners that said, you give me an option and you tell me I need to do something? We are good corporate citizens, but don't take away my power to decide. Don't tell me that you have the right to shut me down and say, for 72 hours, you're going to send the police my way to educate me with air quotes. And then after 72 hours, they're going to start writing citations. That's not giving me a choice. That's a mandate. That's you with way too much power. Isn't it funny that when business owners said that they were being irresponsible, but it's exactly what the city council said to the mayor. Hey. We agree with you, but you got to let us in on the decision-making process. You can't tell us you're taking all the power. It is hypocritical. It's immensely hypocritical. The idea that we don't go to the businesses and say, be good corporate citizens. That, to me, is the issue. That I think that most people would be good corporate citizens. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating to talk to people that realize that financially this is going to be a disaster for them. I have close friends who own a gym in Scottsdale. Um, it's called Urban Garage. It's a great gym. It's where I train. It's a one-on-one training. And they're great people. But they're small business owners. And their livelihood is one-on-one training at the gym. They're closed. They would have closed anyway. They don't want to endanger their clientele. You don't bring clients in about a healthy lifestyle and teaching them to to eat properly and to train physically and to push their bodies to be as healthy as possible and then tell them, ah, don't worry about a virus. Come on in and get sweat and get on the equipment with everybody. But the idea of mandatory and telling them you must is a slap in the face to someone that would make the right decision anyway. It, it's just laughable to me. In a moment, um, how upset Kirsten Cinema is, Megan McCain, uh, Governor Cuomo. Does Kirsten Cinema have a reason and a point at being upset with Senator Rand Paul and his positive diagnosis? We're going to get to that coming up next. The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. 
Hey, thanks for being here. It is the Mike Broomhead Show. We appreciate you joining us for part of your day. Don't forget, as you just heard in the newscast, the governor is on at 1 o'clock Arizona time. He will give an update, and we will carry that live at KTAR. And then at 2.30, the White House is expected to have their daily update with the task force that also carried live on KTAR. All of the reaction will then be had by Gatos and Chad. So keep it locked here. Get that KTAR app downloaded. KTAR news app should be on your phone, all of your devices, and at KTAR.com slash coronavirus. Get up-to-the-minute updates of what's happening with the spread of COVID-19. With the spread in Arizona now, we see numbers growing. I will tell you that what I'm happy about in Arizona, Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the country. And so we are a major city. And the valley itself, when you take in the enormity of the valley, we are a sprawling metropolis. And to have the numbers at 234, we know they're going up. I'm not trying to give anybody a false sense of hope, but we know the numbers are going up. But we are not seeing the numbers that we're seeing in Seattle and Washington State, in New York City, in the state of New York, California. We are not there which means we had and have the ability to slow that growth. And it looks as if what we're doing may be working. So there's some encouragement there that we as a major metropolis can slow down the spread of this so that we don't end up in a complete lockdown for months in order to stop this. When you look at what happened in China, the Wuhan province where where this originated, they were locked down for two months. The good news now for them is they don't have any new cases. Italy, epicenter, after it moved from China, Europe was the epicenter. Italy, 60 million people quarantined. The death toll through the roof, higher than the reported death toll in China. They are seeing less and less cases now. So it seems as if their quarantine is working. So maybe we learned a lesson. We're waiting for this 15-day period from the White House. We'll see what the briefing holds today. But we know that there have been some mistakes that were made. So um, Senator Cinema, Kirsten Cinema, very upset with Senator Rand Paul because Senator Paul had had a pending test. And during that pending test, he still socialized. There was a report that while waiting for his test to come back, he used the Senate gym and the Senate pool. And Senator Cinema took him to task. I've never commented about a fellow senator's choices slash actions, never once. This is this America is absolutely irresponsible. You cannot be near other people while waiting for a coronavirus test results. It endangers others and likely increases the spread of the virus. Now. Is it lack of information? Was did the senator? I don't believe that Rand Paul was saying, give me a break. I don't care. Did he not have the information? Did he believe that his test was only a precaution? The other side of that coin is this. We know that Congressman Gosar. Well, and let's talk about Congressman um, Schweikert. Schweikert's office had one of his team members test positive. Everybody's on quarantine. Done. Um, Congressman Gosar was told eight days later he had come in contact with someone that was a positive test. Done. Self-quarantine. Period. Was Rand Paul behaving irresponsibly? 
And there's quite a few people that are upset because now other senators are under self-quarantine. The rules of the Senate do not allow you to vote remotely. You have to vote from the floor. What does this do with such a small Republican majority for the majority party to get something through that they want to get through? I'm not making it partisan politics, except it is a majoritative body. And you've got Republicans in charge in numbers in total, but you don't have the the Republicans available for votes because they can't be there. We need to get something done with a stimulus package. We need to send Wall Street a message. The Dow is down about 640 right now. It's down below 19,000. It's down below by 10,000 points from where it was at its peak. We don't know where the day will end, that's for sure, but that's where it is right now. So we need to send a message to Wall Street that a stabilizing force is coming, and at least let's bottom out. If there's one underlying theme, whether it's quarantine, personal finances, economy as a whole for the nation, or just outright uncertainty and fear... It's the unknown. We don't know when the end of this is. We don't know when we are going to start seeing an ease of restrictions. We don't even know if we are going to see restrictions increase. For all we know, the briefing today from the governor or the briefing from the president could go the other way. They could say, Arizona could say, we need to shelter in place. We need to do what these other states have done. It's the unknown That is scaring the daylights out of people. It's scaring us. I had a conversation with someone here this morning, not going to use any names, but they said, it's just not knowing. Give me a date. Give me a time. Let me know what. We can deal with anything as Americans. I know the 9-11 comparisons have been worn out. The fear of the unknown is what I remember the most. The hours and the couple of days that followed 9-11, it was the fear of the unknown. We did not know that the airplanes that had crashed into, into the Twin Towers, into the Pentagon, and the one that was taken down in Pennsylvania, we did not know that those were the only planes that had been taken over. We didn't know if subways and trains and buses were going to be next. We didn't know if people were going to walk into businesses strapped with bombs we were terrified that's the definition of terrorism the unknown is what we were afraid of here's a difference churches open their doors to people for the first time in years people flock to churches i was so um i was so encouraged by that That at the heart of things, it's like being a parent. When you have children that are kind of rebelling or doing the wrong thing or not being wise, and then a crisis hits, when they run home, you feel like at least we know that they haven't completely lost touch with us. At least we understand that we're still that safe place for our children. That although there are things going on we don't like, when it hits the fan... They run to us. I was so encouraged to see Americans flock to churches, no pun intended, run back to churches. 
Well, here we are in a crisis where even the churches are having to say, stay away. So now those doors aren't open. Those doors are locked. This is a whole different kind of unknown for people. And people are not taking this seriously. Tomorrow on the show, I'm going to have a local pastor on with me that's been reaching out to the congregation online. He's been doing it. His staff has been doing it with their junior high ministries and high school and college ministries and the different things going on in the church, trying to stay in touch remotely through technology with videos and social media. And the challenges that this provides, I think, is a unique challenge because this is where churches go into action and they have been relegated to inaction and how they're dealing with it. So it's a conversation I want to have tomorrow. But we understand when someone acts irresponsibly and sends it someone else's direction, it's a, it really, I'll bet Rand Paul's got to feel horrible about spreading this or possibly spreading this to his coworkers. So we're going to talk about this before we go, let you hear what you can and should be doing. We're going to do that before we close out the show. We'll do it next. Mike Brumhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. So what do we do? What should we do? What can we do? How do we make the most of this um, going forward? There's a couple of things we can do is take a look at uh, what we can improve to make sure if something like this ever happens again, we're better prepared. Uh, Whether it's food storage, ammunition storage for some people or whether it's financially not being in a place of such great need, whatever it is. But I would say in the immediate future, what we can do is, if you're able, help out with the people that are on the front lines. If you are able to, if you have some of those masks, if you have hand sanitizer, drop them off at a fire station near in your neighborhood. Drop them off at the local police precinct, sheriff's office. Make sure that the men and women that are on the front lines can protect themselves. Now, most of the time you will see firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, whatever, or cops, troopers, deputies, officers. They carry hand sanitizer um, called going hands on. When you are hands on, you want to make sure you're safe you're protecting yourself especially you know emt first responders in that regard you know you're dealing with people that are not well you're dealing with sick people and so they use a lot of hand sanitizer now it's imperative if you're able to all these people that are hoarding hand sanitizer and doing those things you're not just doing a disservice to your neighbors and being selfish this is a public health risk for the men and women on the front lines if you're able to donate some of those things Just drop them off at the local precinct, even if it's a little bit. The reason why is it shows those people that have no choice but to be in harm's way that we're thinking of them and we want to make sure they're as protected as possible. Just like, you know, we weren't we were not saving lives in the war effort when we were packing up boxes or sending things to the troops, deodorant, hard candy, socks, creature comforts that they didn't have issued to them. There were a lot of people in this country that were a part of packing parties and shipping goods over to the troops 
And it did more to for them to know we were thinking of them than anything else. But that was the idea behind it. Here it can fill two, two needs, two voids. One is, yes, it's that we are thinking of you. And more than ever, we appreciate you being willing to do your job. I have a, a friend who was a firefighter. Him and his wife are family friends. And uh, he's a captain with the fire department in Phoenix. And he's got young children. She's in the medical field. She's she works in a dentist's office that her family owns and they are shut down now except for emergencies because they're not doing elective work. But imagine the concern of bringing home a contagious disease, a contagious virus to your family. That is a real concern. And yet their job mandates that they still do these things. We can do a little bit to make sure to keep them just a little healthier. And it also is a gesture in saying we understand. Sacrifice a little bit. I think that's something we all can do. If you're young and you're healthy, yes, you can go out and you can volunteer. Um, I think that's something that we all can do. Um, I have a, a neighbor, uh, a couple right next door to us that are that are uh, an older couple. Uh, being able to ask them, what do they need? Can we Can we pick something up for you at the grocery store so you don't have to go out and take a risk? My neighbor next door, uh, maybe he reached out. Maybe I was, I was, uh, I was actually thankful a little too early. Maybe my neighbor reached out to me because he thinks I'm elderly. Maybe that's why he reached out to me to ask me if he could pick up something for me at Costco. Maybe I thought it was just a nice gesture, but maybe he said to his wife, "Hey, the old guy next door might need something, and he's in a high risk group." Maybe that's what he was doing. But it was nice. My neighbor said, hey, I'm going to Costco. It, it, it decreases congestion and, and, and things. It just nice things we can do for each other. You know, the best thing you can do in a very difficult time is help someone else. It kind of takes your mind off your issues. Again, my, my friend uh, Tina, who we interviewed today, the nurse, go to KTR.com and you can hear the entire interview. A lot of really good insight into the medical world right now as she's dealing in the emergency department with with patients doing triage and testing of people, um, what they're having to do. But one of the things that they had to do, because her daughter lives with her and her husband now, and her daughter's children, is that the children are going to live with other family members because both her and her daughter are in the medical world. This is just a little bit of the process they do every single day when they get home from work. This is what they do to be safe. We have a protocol that we put in place. Um, we have ropes in the garage. When we get home, we strip down, we put our robes on, we put our clothes in the washing machine. Um, you know, I leave my shoes that I wear around the hospital at, in my locker at work. Um, we change our shoes, we go straight to the shower, we shower, um, you know, and then somebody else is coming out with Clorox to, um, you know, like a weak Clorox solution to decontaminate the car. So wiping down our steering wheels and, you know, the shifter and all of that. I mean, we're just doing everything we can. And that to me is, again, if they're doing this in the medical world, it's just a little reminder for all of us. Every one of us has very reasonable concerns, financial or health wise. It is emotionally straining to all of us that we are in this quarantine, locked in place, not doing anything stir crazy world we're in. There are men and women out there right now making even bigger sacrifices. The next time you're beside yourself and your kids are driving you crazy or your grandkids are driving you crazy, now imagine that your job mandated that you ship them off to somebody else because you didn't want to get them sick, possibly. Just a good reminder for everybody. 
But what we can do, and this is what this is one the advice that I asked her, how should all of us be behaving and looking at this? Best advice I've heard so far. What I've told everybody that asked me is um, you should be acting as if you're a carrier and that everybody else has it. So, you know, keep that distance, be mindful, wash your hands, make sure other people are washing their hands, you know, cover your cough and all those sorts of things. Imagine behave like you're a carrier. I think every one of us understands if we were if we were infected or we were carrying this illness, we would keep our distance and we would make sure no one came near us. We would tell everybody, stay away. I don't want to get you sick. So for those of us that aren't concerned about getting it, be as concerned that you're going to give it. In other words, behave like you're a carrier and treat everyone around you like they have it. If we do that, we're safe. I think those are two big pieces of very sound advice. And we all need to, I think, practice just a little bit of of kindness. I went to the grocery store, and I've got to tell you, most people are great. You walk around the grocery store, people understand, aisles are crowded, people want to get in and get out, and the things you expect to not be there aren't. Um, I went to a fries yesterday or the day before, and it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, there was a little bit of soup on the shelf. That was it. I was able to get some sugar. They were out of flour. That stuff makes sense. But for the most part, produce was fully stocked. The deli was fully stocked. There was bread. There was milk. There was juice. The meat department, fully stocked. Everything. Then I walked down the paper aisle. There was not a roll of paper towels or toilet paper. And I'm talking about an entire grocery store aisle, front to back of the store. No paper towels, no toilet paper, no napkins, no baby wipes. Could you imagine being a parent of an infant right now? Baby wipes are gold right now. None on the shelves. So just be nice. Stop hoarding things. Remember that other people have a need like you do. We're going to get through this. Uh, tomorrow morning, scheduled to have Governor Ducey on with us. Don't forget, he gives an update at 1 o'clock this afternoon, and we will carry that live on KTAR. At 2.30, we are scheduled to have the White House Task Force update. That also live on KTAR. It will be followed up with all the comments and reactions from uh, Gatos and Chad. And go to KTAR.com slash coronavirus for the latest updates. And I would mention, please, download the KTAR news app to your phone. Up to the minute updates. When all of these things happen, you'll know about them so you can tune into them. It's going to be an invaluable tool as we move forward with all of this. Back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. We'll be here. Hope you have a great day. Keep in mind, we're going to get through this. We will get through it together. Have a great day, everyone. Take care of yourself and those around you. God bless.